when I painted that image, man, I just wanted every black man, black boy, black woman, girl, whatever. When you see that picture, I want you to feel powerful. You know, I mean, because a lot of times, you know, we get we get played. We get played as dumb in the uh, in the media. Welcome to the Black Agenda Podcast. I'm your co-host, Adrian Guest, along with my co-host, Devin Dito. Today's episode, listeners, is a really important topic. Um, we, we're having a lot going on within the Black community and really all minority communities where it seems like we're getting attacked and almost ignored by government. Um, you've got, you know, almost, you know, white America who thinks that we're stealing their culture while government is kind of inattentive to the issues that are going on. So because of this, we must really start to work together, but not only work together, but work together better. Um, to kind of talk a little bit more about building and strengthening our communities, we've got a great guest on today to talk about what he's doing. So listeners, uh, we're going to talk today to Warren Wilson Jr. Before we go uh, and speak to Warren, let me give you a little bit of info about what Warren is actually doing and what uh, actually who he is. So to start off, uh, Warren is an engineer and an artist raised in Jackson, Mississippi. So all three of us Mississippi boys uh, attended Mississippi State University. All three of us did that. Devin and Warren graduated. I actually transferred, so they got that in common. Uh, Warren, <laughs> tight. Warren, he earned his engineering degree, electrical engineering, very qualified guy here. Uh, Warren is an author and has written two books, his first, Royal Council, and his second, Brown Money, which we'll discuss a little later in the show. Also, Warren developed a popular trivia app that's available for Apple and Android called Nabra. On top of that, he's also the founder of Vondu, a customer electronic company based in Memphis, Tennessee. Lastly, Warren creates paintings and visual art and hopes to use his academic insight and artwork to influence the next generation of black thinkers and creators. So listeners, welcome, Warren. And Warren, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, man. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. No problem at all. Um, I guess to to kind of get into it, um, we're going to kind of talk in our first segment. Um, this episode, we're kind of it's entitled Warren Self or Community, uh, because it seems like a lot of people think that whenever you're working on yourself, you can't empower your community because you got to focus on what you're doing. But we know based off of what you're doing. Um, you're, you're doing a lot of different things. I mean, as an electrical engineering by day and artist, writer, creator by night, you're really doing a lot to not only, you know, make things better for you, but you're using that to make things better for the community. Um, it would have probably been easy to just, you know, be a successful college graduate and kind of, you know, not do anything else. But as you were growing up and attending college at Mississippi State, when did you realize that you wanted to do more to give back to the community? Um, I kind of knew it. I knew it the whole time. I just didn't never knew how I was going to do it. Um, so I guess, um, I don't know. College was just so, it was so demanding. Your time was always taken up, either studying for something, headed to work, um, trying to, you know, get ready for a test, knocking a quiz out, things of that nature. So I say college was so busy. I really couldn't focus on how I was going to, uh, try to attack it afterward, but I've kind of always known that I wanted to, uh, find some type of creative way to give back and, uh, uh, you know, pay the stuff that I learned over the past five or six years, you know, pay it forward to the next generation. So, um, um, yeah, so I, I can say, honestly, yeah, I, I knew I was going to do most of it, but I just, I couldn't say exactly how. And, but once, um, you know, once I graduated and, you know, I guess life kind of slowed down, just working nine to five, um, Kind of, I guess it just kind of got bored with life a little bit, you know, wanting to actually put put some of the things that I've always wanted to do into action. And um, I found no better time than the present. I like that. I like it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something you say that especially being in school, you're, you're trying to focus on just graduating, getting out. You're trying to figure out what your career is going to look like. Exactly. Um, everybody kind of goes, you know, goes through that. And and we've discussed on the podcast, you know, just how there's an extra layer when you're from our community because we typically come from areas, not everyone, obviously, but there are a lot of folks who come from our community where you're, you're struggling, you're worried about money all the time, you know, your paycheck to paycheck. And so that takes up a lot of that bandwidth of where you don't get the focus necessarily on the community. You're just worried about, you know, preserving a little bit of stuff you do have. And so I I guess the, the question is just, you know, we have a lot of, 
folks in our community who are focused on that personal success in their and their family taking care of them. But, you know, kind of what do you say to folks who may have that problem? They say, look, I got enough I'm trying to deal with. But, you know, you see, you look and you see that we have things in the community that need to be done. You know, what, what do you say to the folks who may think I don't have enough time to give back to the community right now? But, you know, what can you tell them to maybe, hey, look, you may think you don't have time, but actually there are some things oh, you know, that you may be able to do. Well, I'll say, you know, well, when we take that time out to watch that movie on Netflix, that's two hours you got right there. Um, that's a good start <laughs> the new album you're listening to on the car ride in between trips somewhere that's about 45 minutes there during the week uh if not more um the time we may spend you know uh talking on the phone after work or whatnot that's more time and it's like when you start looking at all the extra things that we do make time for um i think that we do have that time in order to give back it doesn't take but to me a few hours a week to kind of um build something brick by brick that could eventually you know what i'm saying um empower entire community and entire generation. So I would say to the people who feel like they don't have that time, you have it. It's just as far as, you know, I guess sometimes the discipline as far as giving up the things that um, may not give you those instant uh, endorphins that we like to do. I think a lot of times we like to do things that are like instantly gratifying. So when it's not instantly gratifying, we don't have any time for it. But um, I mean, I think just being able to, um, look more into the future and look kind of uh, more in depth as far as what you want over the next five or 10 years or what what changes would you like to see over the next five to 10 or 20 years? And you can kind of just, you can line up your, your weekly task or your daily task to kind of, you know, build up into that. Because like I said, you, you build that wall brick by brick. Um, and I think a lot of people get discouraged by thinking I, I have to build the wall all at one time, or I have to build the building all at one time, you know? So, I mean, brick by brick, um, Brick by brick, man. And, uh, you know, as far as the time goes, like I said, uh, just kind of transitioning your mindset to transition from instant gratification to being able to wait out for that that benefit or whatever your vision may be. I think that's the uh, pretty much the key to, you know, just kind of changing your perspective and um, kind of starting to put your ideas down and, uh, you know, formulate a way to, you know, make change or uh, make the future better, you know. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and you said some things that, that, that our people, you know, particularly the black community, you know, has a problem with doing. And that's, you know, looking into the future uh, just because we've been conditioned to have like a survival mentality. Uh, I have to get mine, take care of my family, make sure we're OK. Um, and, you know, we're most of I would say most you know black families are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Very few of us are really. Uh, making those high income. So, yeah, I think that that's a really important part. And I always say, you know, on our podcast and instant gratification, that's why our political system is so flawed because people think that we've got to have issues right now and they don't want to see that these things might take more buy-in, might take more time for us to get there. But it's like what you're doing, Warren, you're, you're putting skin in the game to say, what can I do with my skills, my talents to, you know, build my community back? And that's what we're going to uh, talk about in our second segment, um, because I think a lot of people, it's like what you said and what we even said, I think, in a couple of our episodes, they don't know how easy it is to really help the community. We were talking about lobbying and trying to get your politicians to move. And it's easy just to call and email and text your politicians and people don't realize how easy it is to do stuff. So uh, we're, we're really excited to kind of go into what you're doing more as far as your skills and talents, because we really hope that it's going to be a, a great way to um, show people that they can do the exact same thing. So, uh, listeners, uh, Devin, did you have any other comments before we go into our break here? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's that's right. I think the overall takeaway is, you know, when you say get involved in the community, it can feel like this huge job. But in reality, there are some smaller things, you know, that you can do to kind of give back, maybe donate some time here or there. It doesn't have to be like, you, we're not expecting the next MLK to go out. You know, every, you know, we're not expecting you to be that. You just donate a little bit of your time right. here and there. Like you say, brick by brick, you know, hour by hour, you can, you know, go to your local school, tutor, just little things like that. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about grand, huge, you know, you know, we're not asking you to solve, you know, cure cancer or anything like that. Just give you, you know, give some time back. And I think, 
as you've shown, Warren, you're, you're kind of in a lot of different places as far as what you're trying to do with your book. You got your your company, you got your app, you, you're doing a lot of different things. Um, and so that's that's what we're going to talk about after the break. So, yeah, that's just, you know, just a little stuff that people can do and let me you know, to get involved. Can I ever? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I know I know you probably all heard that that uh that quote from Tupac where he was basically saying like he may not change the world, but he may spark the mind that does. And I mm-hmm. think people sleep yep. on that. I mean, because uh just let, let's say you're the best uh cook, you know, all in all the state. Um and you wanna you wanna see, you know, millions of other little black kids grow up and be cooks just like you or have the same skills. Now that doesn't call for you you know, opening up a cooking college or a cooking university, but right. posting a video once a month of them seeing a black man put together a recipe, you know, well-dressed, putting something together, making something happen, them just seeing the action. Those little bitty things to me, so yeah. seeds, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of all that I like to play on is, you know, the things that come easy to me are the things that I've learned. I try to give them back just in little bitty seeds or, you know, in little bitty uh, bites, you know, as much as I can, because, it's not all about me making the next kid an engineer, but just letting him know that he has the option or letting him know that he has the possibility, you know? And I, that's, that's why I, that's, try to, I try to be in so many mm-hmm. rooms or I try to be in so many places at one time because I myself don't like to limit myself. So I, I don't want the next kid to think he has to limit himself, you know? So that's, that's the mindset, you know, we need. And, and just, I know we're going to go on a break, but just, it doesn't even have to be donating time. You could just be sharing information. Just like you say, you're in a lot of different rooms. So I know you took away something from this person that you talked to or from that person. Just sharing those tips with a cousin or a brother or just anybody, just little things like that to just say, hey, you might want to watch out for that. Or like, you know, I talked to my cousin about we, we talk about stocks. You know, he's on Robinhood. So we share back and forth just information in a way that's giving back to the community because he may take that. And tell his brothers, he's got four of them. So he might share it with them and it just compounds like that. So that's what we're talking about. When you give back, it can be just as simple as letting your cousin know or that option or something like that, or just explaining to them how it works. Right. And then they can take it and make it their own. But we're not asking, you know, for, for MLKs to come about or huge things. So just want to make sure we get that point across. But I know we're we're probably over, so we'll go ahead and we'll take our first break and we'll come back. We'll kind of dig into what you're doing, Warren, uh, with your books and and your company and everything. So uh, stick with us and we'll be right back. We absolutely appreciate your support. You are the foundation and our efforts work to better your communities. Tell your family and friends so we can all work to bring progress. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Let's get into our second segment here. Remember, we're joined today by Warren Wilson Jr., engineer, author, and entrepreneur. Uh, so, Warren, our second segment is talking about using your skills and talents to transform your community. Uh, and one of the things that you did was app development. We talked about your trivia game, Nabra, that's on the App Store for Apple and Android. Uh, a lot of categories, thousands of questions. Um, one of the things that we've talked about uh, previously in our show is about, you know, people getting into different trade skills, uh, different programs like app development, software development and things like that. Um, and we know that these things are being used in communities to teach like financial literacy, um, being used to teach uh, parenting skills and different things like that. So, Warren, I guess our first question in this segment for you, um, how difficult, you know, is it for the average person to come in and learn some of those skills to develop an app? Um, And can you explain uh, how you can maybe, you know, build some of these apps to transform and build and support your community? Well, yeah, I'll say um, first thing you do is you start with your idea. You know, always put pen to paper. Um, What is it that you would want your app to do, you know? Start out with that. And what I like to do next is basically do like a a list, a list of, you know, whatever features, whatever functionality you want it to have. But the main the main thing that you have to do is you have to get into basically like flow charts. So we're all used to like bubble maps and things of that nature. So, um, you know, flow charts, bubble maps, 
things like that. Be able to organize your ideas. So let's say for Narborough, I started it. It started out as a card game. Uh, two years ago, I made it as a card game. I just came up with like 100 questions, uh, got with a card supplier and got that made. But this year, I was like, okay, I want to turn this into an app. So, you know, basically took the game, um, listed everything out, what the functionality would be. I did like mock-ups of what I wanted each screen to look like, what each button would do when it was pressed. Um, you know, so if, you know, user presses this button, do this. If they don't press the button, do this. Uh, user hits back button, do this. You know, so because I'm, I'm not a programmer per se, but I was able to, you know, basically do all the logic behind it and do the, the development. And I had to use a programmer to basically take my logic and convert that actually into Python code. So, you know, but that's another thing you have to be able to do. And the only thing that gives me the opportunity to be able to um, get my logic and be able to uh, translate, like, I guess, translate it over to an actual programmer was, you know, kind of being into tech, having an engineering uh, degree and just kind of thinking systematically and, you know, thinking like it just in a in a systemized type of way. But um, I would say, man, just about anybody can, you know, come up with an app these days. You know, if you're if you're into doing, you know, graphic design, you're good at doing mockups, you're good at, you know, conveying your thoughts and um, things like that on the paper. And you're able to basically put it out in a flow chart type of way that can, you know, that, you know, build logic off of it. So, um, man, I'm, I'm trying not to get too technical, I guess. But um, <laughs> um, let me see. I mean, because you were basically saying, well, I guess how would I um, use the or plan to use the apps to kind of. Um, right. Well, definitely with my uh, Warren Wilson app, I want to basically start adding um, functionality on there that, that, that are used all the time in STEM, such as reference, uh, like calculus references or trigonometry, geometry references, things of like that. I'm planning on adding, um, well, we got I got to get with my program and see exactly how we're going to make it, you know, come true. But I want to add uh, some type of graphing calculator um, into the app as well so that, you know, kids, when they're using the app, not only can they pull references or be motivated by a video or have access to a book that introduces them to engineering and STEM. But I would like for them to also be able to use the app to do homework, to, um, you know, use the study or, you know, you know, just things of that nature, you know? Um, so that's the route I kind of want to go as far as, uh, like now brothers, you know, it's purely entertainment. It's just family fun, but I do want to get more into, you know, I guess, um, functional apps, you know, as far as like, mm -hmm. um, ones that you would use uh, as a tool or you know, whatnot, you know? Right. And, and, and that, and that makes sense. You know, you, you got your entertainment side, but you also have kind of a educational utility almost app where you, you know, something that people can use on the daily to, you know, for different things. Right. Um, but, but it's kind of switching gears. So you got your apps, you got Nabra, and then you said the Warren Wilson app, mm -hmm. but then you, you're also a writer. So you actually have a book. Um, I think, is it three books? I know you got Brown Money. Yeah, I, I think got, you're, you're working I got on Brown, Brown Money. Money. I got Royal Council. Then I finished Brown Money too about two months ago. I just haven't released it yet. Um, okay. I'm also working on a Brown Money workbook. It's going to have basically, um, uh, you know, with STEM, it's science, technology, engineering, math. So I'm taking each one of those categories and I'm going to have like introductions to each one. Um, each one's going to have like problems in it, puzzles. You know, things of that nature, things that the teacher could probably, you know, uh, use to just piggyback of all the lessons in the book. Even some financial uh, literacy worksheets are going to be uh, included in that workbook as well. Um, then I'm also writing another book. I'm about halfway done. Uh, it's going to be called Five Simple Rules. It's going to be like my first self-help book uh, because, I mean, me being myself, man, I don't like being stuck in just one box. So I don't want to be just a children's author. I want to be able to, you know, move around and migrate, and, you know show that I can converse with adults as well and take complex uh, topics and break them down or whatnot. But uh, yeah, man. And I honestly say with writing, dude, like uh, at work, I'm always writing some, something technical. So if we get a new machine in and the operator needs to be trained, I might have to go uh, get the machine, take a few months, learn it, break it down. I'm out there taking pictures, putting together these operations manual. Cause I, I try to make stuff as simple as an Ikea manual, dude, you know, so um, 
that's why you got to have those pictures but you know one <laughs> interest i'm glad you mentioned that versatility i know Devin, you got your question but i just wanted i wanted to uh, mention something on that because i always because i i write too and I, i've got uh children's books but i also write books on public policy and i always try to tell people like writing if you've got you know ideas or topics or things like that it's so easy that's an easy way to really help to build community and get ideas out. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention that because I always say I hope somebody's listening and can get some inspiration because it doesn't take a whole lot to write. You just got to have an idea and go with it. That's it, man. And you got to trust yourself. And I think a lot of times, because, man, I got I got coworkers where um, they have, like, wives that were in journalism or things like that. And I didn't go into journalism. But I hear them talk about, oh, man, my wife has been working on this book for 10 years and she won't let anybody read it. She won't put it out. And I'm and they're like, have you dealt with that problem? I'm like, no, I just write it and you know what I'm saying? So um, that's another thing, man, is like uh, I think a lot of times we get tied up in this perfectionism idea. Yeah. And I, I kind of just taught myself to give up on that, you know, um, trying to get something perfect, spending eight months to get something perfect that you could do in three weeks. I think it's going to be the same in eight months as it was in three weeks. I mean, it, I, I just think. The only way to hit that plateau and really to get better is to, in my opinion, hurry up and put whatever it is you're working on out there. Get that feedback. You know what I'm saying? Because you might find out in eight months that it's crap. I'd rather find out in three weeks that it's crap. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, as far as, you know, not just saying put anything out there, but don't hold on to something that you're working on or like uh, not trust your own ability because you want to get Mm -hmm. it quote unquote perfect, you know? So, uh, that's just what your editors are for. Is it exactly, exactly, exactly? So no, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, just like you said, man. Anybody can write, man. It's just as far as do you are you do you trust yourself enough, or do you believe in it enough to put it out, to publish it, to let the world see it, you know, to let the world possibly make fun of whatever you wrote down? And I think once you get over that fear of oh man, they might not like it. Yeah. Oh, screw it. I'm just going to do 50 books and I don't care if you like them or not. You know, I know it's going to resonate with somebody. And I think that's a lot of times we think we create things and everybody has to like it. That's not true. I mean, it's just not true at all. I mean, think new products come out all the time and then they're meant for everybody, you know. So, you know, it, it's nothing wrong with, I think, just go ahead and uh, trusting yourself and putting out whatever product you believe in, you know. And I think that's what helps me to move so fast. Um, I don't, I don't have that, like that, oh man, I hope this is accepted by everybody. Like, I don't, I don't, mm. I really don't battle with that. You know, I, I, I put it out there, I, I fire off the hip and I, I put it out there and either they like it or you don't. In four weeks, I'm probably moving on to something else, to be honest. So. <laughs> I love, I love that attitude. Cause that's the attitude you need. Cause that's the only way you're really going to get better yep. at it is if you get that feedback, yep. you know, no matter what you do. Somebody out there ain't gonna like it, but on the flip side, somebody out there is gonna like somebody it. Somebody's gonna say this is what I needed. Yeah. You know, and so before we get too far, kind of tell us though about what brown money is about. Because you I think you, you painted the cover, you made the cover, you painted it, you wrote it. So it's really it's you through and through. Yeah. So just kind of give us an idea of of what you were what the goal was with writing it and also just tell us the meaning behind the cover because I, I really like the cover a lot. So just kind of tell us what, what you were trying to get over with that and what you wrote in the book. Okay. So with Brown Money, man, um, me as an engineer, I definitely wanted to um, put an easy to read type book together for kids to start getting motivated about technology and STEM because as I look around, dude, everything is automated. Everything from Tesla's, 18 wheelers, you go to Walmart, I'm starting to see these little robots that are like doing price checks and walking the aisles. Like um, here in Memphis, we got gas stations that don't have any clerks. You know, you pull up to it like an ATM and you can get a Coca-Cola or you can get a bag of chips or whatever. Like no clerks Mm -hmm. at all. So when I wrote that book and I'm starting to see everything getting automated, I'm like, all right. And on top of that, I started reading a lot of books about stocks and real estate, you know, just financial literacy. A lot of stuff I just didn't learn growing up. So the more I see stuff getting automated and I'm seeing we're moving to this technological world. And at the same time, I'm seeing how how important it is to kind of be financial savvy. I thought of, okay, I got to find a way to, you know, marry these two together. And so um, at the time I did the book, I had just got back into doing art, had literally I did like 100 paintings in one year. 
So that cover that I used for Brown Money was actually a painting I did probably three, four months prior. And I just thought it was perfect because, um, and, and, and dude, I did literally just did that painting for fun. But when I did it and I showed the black man eating the earth, um, it was just something, it was, it was so important to me to do that painting. I guess I didn't know why I was doing it when I was doing it. And I mean, you know, it ended up working out for the book, but when I painted that image, man, I just wanted every black man, black boy, black woman, girl, whatever. When you see that picture, I want you to feel powerful. You know, I mean, cause a lot of times, you know, we get, we get played, we get played as dumb in the, uh, in the media, or we get looked at as being inferior or, um, just not having it all together and do out of all that backlash. When I look at that picture, I don't think of none of that. I don't think of how bad CNN is using statistics to make my, my black people look bad. I don't care about seeing another crime on the news. Dude, when I look at that picture of a black man eating the earth, man, I see power. I feel empowered. I feel, I feel strong. I feel like I have control. And you know, that's the feeling. That's the, that's the lightning bolt that I want to send down everybody's spine, especially everybody black. When they look at that cover, man, I want you to feel empowered. I want you to, I want you to feel interested enough to flip that cover and see what, you know, see what's on the inside. So yeah, the the main thing about Blur Money was basically, you know, um, introducing kids to technology, STEM, you know, math, science, kind of getting them motivated about that, but as well as teaching about financial literacy. So in the, in the book, I kind of give an introduction to stocks. You know, I use like the slice of pizza on one where I, you were pulling a slice and the, the slice was a stock out of the company. And, you know, and I, I even have adults tell me sometimes like, man, I know this is a kid's book, but man, I learned a little something, you know, uh, on page 10 or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, man. Like, I didn't learn that stuff growing up either. So, and you know, the more I started getting feedback on, you know, I put out like a practice edition out first, you know, just sent it out to like 100 people and people give me feedback on it. I sent it out to like teachers and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, man, you might have something here, you know, uh, because uh, even I'm a teacher now and it's like, I, I'm, you know, these are topics we're not hitting in school. Our curriculum's not even hitting some of these topics. So, you know, I really started seeing benefit in that. But my main goal was to basically, you know, get more black kids motivated about technology, about being, man, quote unquote, nerds, man. Like, you know, I, I don't I want I want more black kids to be nerds. I mean, literally, dude, like I'm trying to I'm trying to basically create an image of the cool nerd. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, financial savvy. So. I found like, you know, what other perfect way than to put it in a book? Because nine times out of nine times out of 10, not only will the kid read that book, but the parent is going to read it. So when when that book gets purchased, it's not just the kid I'm reaching. Uh, it's the parent. The parent is nine times out of 10, the one who's going to sit down and read that book to the kid. So it's almost like you're t- killing two birds with one stone. You're not only enlightening the kid, but man, you got to you basically forcing a parent to sit down and talk about financial literacy with a kid at seven years old. So you're abs- you're absolutely right, Warren. I mean, we, we've a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. And we're in our season three uh, of podcasting, and we've hit on so many of these different topics um, about people just not having the proper education and know what to do, uh, and how you're able to you know to to tell them you know of, of these different tools through writing your books, and how we do need to have a, a more updated curriculum in our schools because a lot of different skills. Our, our students go throughout, you know, you know, high school uh, and they don't learn things like, you know, finance. They don't learn different trades if they don't go to college, different things like that. So, yeah, we've talked about a lot of that. And and I can remember uh, even talking with like one of my Facebook friends. We had kind of like a little argument, which I don't I don't I, I usually don't argue on Facebook because, I you know, it's, it's too heated or whatever. <laughs> but we went back and forth over being able to monetize your skills. And we're kind of talking around this a little bit. And, you know, she just said that black folks are kind of playing a victim too much. And I said that there's a lot of barriers that that we can't just ignore when we're talking about minorities who are trying to build a business. And looking at you, you launched Vondu. You've got other businesses that you've got where you've been able to successfully overcome those obstacles. So my question for you, Warren, is what's your advice to those who in a lot of our community almost feel defeated before they even start because they, they notice that these obstacles are there uh, and they give up on their ideas before they even get going. So what's your advice uh, to kind of help in this situation? I would say first things first is um, social media has kind of got us hypnotized. We think everybody's rich. And if we don't have a Louis Vuitton this or a Lamborghini or if you don't have, 
you know, a pair of shades on, sipping a, a $30 coffee, walking into Saks Fifth that you're failing. So first I would say, let go of the image that you see on social media. Uh, because I think a lot of times people start things up and, and they run the social media and it's like, oh man, that guy's got a Lamborghini. Man, I'm selling chips, man. That, that won't, that won't work out and it's just give up. You know what I'm saying? So I would say first thing is kind of just, um, bite down and really get an understanding of what it is you want to go after. And then two, I would say, you know, learn who your target uh, market is. Who is your, who, you know, who has the most market share of the, of the industry you're trying to break into. And then once you kind of learn, all right, these are the big boys in the industry I'm trying to get into. All right, let me start figuring out who's my, what is my target audience? Who is my ideal uh, client that I want to work with? Who is my ideal customer that I want to work with? And to me, those are some of the first few questions that you answer because a lot of us, um, you know, we like, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, but I love to just start a business. And, and at the same time, you know, the clients, the customers, that's the lifeblood of the business. So if you don't properly prospect who it is you're going to sell to, and then once you learn who you is, you're going to sell to, you have to kind of, you know, strategically come up with a sound method as far as reaching out to those people. So I think honestly, dude, prospecting and the marketing, um, is something that kind of gets thrown to the side. I think we all kind of just get caught up in just taking the pictures of the product. But what I've learned is that, man, you can start any business, but without the prospecting, without learning who your target audience is, without having an idea of who is the ideal client or customer is you want to work with. I mean, the idea can go totally down the drain because like I said, you know, everything is going to be built on, you know, clients and you being able to really tap into your actual target audience and, you know, let them know what it is you're doing. And then another, another thing, another piece of advice I would give is that, um, Grant Cardone always says this, but, um, and what's the word? Uh, it's not ambiguous, but it's basically a word for being unknown. And, you know, he says it all the time, but dude, it's not that your product isn't good. It's not that your service isn't good. People just don't know you yet, you know? And I think a lot of times we kind of quit before we get known because, you know, like I said, we get on Instagram and we see somebody with 3 million followers doing the same thing we're doing and we get discouraged. Like, hey, I'm not there yet, but you're looking at that person on day 10,000 of their journey and you're on day 50. So you can't really, you know, you can't compare the two. But I would tell anybody, you know, trying to get into business, you know, focus on who's your talking audience. Um, who's your ideal client or customer that you want to work with? What method are you going to use to get in contact with them? Is it going to be phone, email? Are you going to use advertisements, uh, you know, social media advertisements, Facebook, billboard or whatever? You know, find the channel that you want to use to get from point A to point B, point A being where you're at, point B being your customer. Find that proper channel after you first find, you know, who are the group of people that you should be going after. And then after that, man, it doesn't really matter what product you have. If you answer those two questions on who you're selling to and how you're going to get to them, that cuts down a lot of the headache. But I think a lot of times we end up going backwards. Um, you know, we do the, we get the product done. We, uh, you know, we get everything looking perfect, all glamorous. Uh, we, we sit there and we, and then we just work on getting followers. Or we just, you know, we, like we, we do the most important part last. And that's you actually having a, a client base, building a brand. And, you know, having a pool of people that actually would maybe want to buy from you. So it's like Devin says, it's a constant grind. It's like we had Josh, uh, Josh Johnson on from Comedy Central, The Daily Show. And he had asked us because he started a podcast and you know, we started it last year. He started his last year as well. Of course, with him being on The Daily Show and Comedy Central, whatever, I think he started his. He's got like, a, what, 170 plus thousand downloads. Wow. It was real interesting to kind of compare the two. And two, just before we go on a break, I think, you know, that that'll help people understand that it's not going to be overnight. That instant gratification isn't going to happen. And you you have to do the work, you know, no matter what you do, it could look you can have the greatest looking Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But if the product that you're trying to get people to either buy or listen or watch or whatever is not up to par, it's never going to happen. I don't care who I mean, you, you could see stars who make movies that are bad or write shows that are bad that don't work out or make music, you know, that doesn't work out. It's a grind. And so it's there's no, you know, pathway. There's no inside secrets. If we had it, we would 
trust me, we would use it exactly. <laughs> to get our podcast to where it needs to be. But it's just a, it's just a grind. And so um, what, what we need, I think both, you, you know, Adrian, in your debate, both of you are kind of right. There are barriers, but we can also there's a mindset that needs to be, you know, changed in the community too to understand that, you know, yes, there are barriers, but you can still there are some things you can still be doing. Right, you know, to 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 get over those barriers. So, both of you are correct, I guess, <laughs> in that uh, debate. So, we're gonna uh, take one more break, and we'll come back to our, our last segment with two questions. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the community and what we can do there. So, we're gonna take one last break, or one more break, and we'll come back. Would you like to contribute to our scholarship fund? Would you like to help us partner with nonprofits? Would you like to submit a topic request or maybe even appear on our show? If so, go to patron.podbean.com forward slash black agenda pod. Thank you for your donation and belief in our mission. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. So we are continuing our conversation with Mr. Warren Wilson Jr. Uh, he's an engineer by day, but also an author, entrepreneur, writer, you name it, he's he's doing it. Um, doing a lot of different things and doing some great things for the community also watch about being successful, you know, in his career and his personal life. And so uh, Warren, we talked really at the beginning of the show about what people can do to give back, you know, to the community, but we also know the focus a lot of times is on that personal success. And so I guess we kind of wanted to ask you, I had an original question, but I kind of changed it a little bit. So looking forward, as far as your career, like you say, you're in a lot of different things. You like to be able to, you know, you want to write the children's book, but you also want to write for adults. You know, you have your electronic company, you have Nabra, but you've turned that from a card game into an app. And so you've, you've made steady progression. So I guess, you know, the question is, for you at least, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, what does success look like, you know, for Warren Wilson? I would say success looks like um, brown money being in every school, especially every, uh, ur- you know, urban school, uh, being at uh, the lessons in there, I feel like going to be super beneficial. Um, I would say success is all also um, – um, success would also be, mm, success would also be, I guess, just, I mean, to keep constantly learning, um, you know, 20, 30 years, dude, cause I'm a real big reader. So, um, I'm real big into always, you know, always learning, always moving. So I would say success in 30, success in 20 to 30 years would probably have had, to have had a thousand books read, um, to have my book Brown Money in every school, especially black school, um, and to possibly move into building my own curriculum. Um, I've talked to a few a few teachers, and they've also always kind of told me, especially when I start telling certain teachers that I'm working on a workbook, they say, "Hey, man, you need to look into doing a curriculum. You know, the 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 more you keep adding on to this thing, uh, this could develop into a curriculum that you know." Maybe summer programs or small schools could adopt one day and, you know, they could teach based on whatever, you know, you have in your curriculum. So that would definitely be um, a part of success in 20, 30 years for me, Um, um, you know, possibly being, you know, uh, good and wealthy one day so that I could have, you know, several scholarships. I would love to constantly be able to give back um, and, you know, and just kind of just give give hope back to the community, man, like in a positive way, as far as, you know, just, um, you know, scholarships, donating to schools, um, maybe having a, um, like I said, having the curriculum, um, possibly, you know, maybe having some type of uh, course that kids can earn a certificate from, uh, you know, like a free course, but I, I, it's, it's, it's so hard for me to answer that question, man. I guess, um, I haven't thought 20 years out, but, 
I don't know, man. It just it just means you've got it means you've got a lot of different things. You're about like me, with a lot of different ambitions and passions, and you just know that you you know what you're doing to get there and working towards, and you're just mapping it all out. I will say one thing: uh, we, we might need to talk uh, a little bit more about that curriculum off off the show. Um, one of the things that I'm developing, I do, like I said, I do children's books mainly up until ages eight, but I'm going to be partnering with a teacher to actually create a curriculum so that we can partner that and actually sell those to like early childhood centers, daycares, yeah. uh, elementary schools and things like that. And, and eventually I'll start doing, um, like I said, I do writing for adults and like policy or I'll have like a book on education reform coming out. Maybe I'll do some other great areas, but yeah, we, we may need to, um, uh, do some networking because the curriculum is huge. Um, a lot of, it, it shouldn't be that, you know, certain schools or certain teachers and educators have to have the initiative to teach things like financial literacy and good hygiene or whatever. These should already be incorporated into the national curriculum that we have, but, until our government, you know, starts picking up on that, we fortunately have people like you and I who are making a difference. So, um, a- another point that we wanted to uh, bring up, Warren, um, you know, in talking about this segment, we kind of themed it a, a lifelong commitment to community. The way I look at community, you know, we as minorities especially need to have community. When you look at our people as African-Americans, I mean, community is what really got us through the years of slavery, uh, helped some of us to escape. Uh, community is what allowed us to build Black Wall Street. Uh, community is what really fueled the movements uh, like civil rights. But it seems like we now as black people, we don't see that community. It's all about our households. So, Warren, you know, in thinking about where we've come from and how community is strengthening us as black people, how do we get more people to not only see the importance of community, but really see their duty and their responsibility to preserve and find ways to uplift our community? Um, I would say, um, unfortunately, man, we could take a look at some other cultures and the way they take care of, you know, their, their fellow people. Um, just like, um, I say foreigners, man, you, you'll see a foreigner come over, they'll come over alone, but mom and dad spent all their money to send that person over so they can come over, get a good education because they don't play around with their school. They don't play around with opportunities and they're all about, so let's say, all right. There's more than likely in the next 20 years going to be some little kid come out of India. He's going to get flown out to uh, to America to go be a doctor one day. And the hopes of that community is that, all right, we're going to send little Jake over to America to become a doctor one day. We won't see him for 20 years, but Jake's going to get enough knowledge and resources so that he can come back and either be a doctor in the community or, you know, trickle that knowledge down to help an entire community. So like you said, I think a lot of times we're kind of out for self, but little do we know we have the skills or we're, you know, have the resources that can be, um, you know, a beneficial to the community because um, like I said, man, uh, unfortunately we can kind of look at just other cultures and how they, they learn to use their resources and their know-how to take care of each other. Or they, they might help put uh, their brother into a, a position of opportunity or, you know, just helping someone get a job. Or if you, you work in a bank and you're able to, you know, pull a few strings and help somebody get their loan, you know, like just small things of that nature to give back to the community, man. But I think a lot of times at the same time, we still have to we have to want to see the entire community do better. So, you know, my plan on doing that is, you know, I'm a basically lead as many people to water as I can um, in whatever way that is. But I mean, just like we all know, you can't make anybody drink. So, you know, I just basically promised myself that I would, you know, not only put out products that I think are cool, but in the meanwhile of, you know, doing things that I think are cool, give back because instead of me, you know, a lot of times when I'm at work, dude, I'm the only black guy in the room, you know, that's getting old. You know, I won't in 10, 15 years, dude, I won't, I won't there be a, a, an entire, you know, engineering department full of, full of black people. So, so that you don't feel like less inclined to speak out when you're in meetings or things of that nature, you know? So, um, I don't know, but I believe that, you know, us binding together and all giving up our talents and resources to basically, you know, build a seamless community is, you know, I think that's dire, dude. I think that's, I think that's huge. That's going to be greatly needed. Uh, just like us having a black uh, stock exchange, very important. Um, 
the what's that what's that company the, the bank that just came out Greenwood uh what Killer Mike and them are doing with Greenwood man that is monumental and you know black people being CEOs uh black I, I've heard of um it's a guy I follow on Instagram 19 keys I think him and another guy just opened up like a black crypto exchange or something like that but you know we need these pioneers to kind of step up and do things for the first time even if they fail because we need the kids to see somebody have tried, you know, we need the kids to have seen somebody, you know, make an attempt at doing some of these things. So I think that's all a part of, you know, us kind of making the community tighter. And that's just, you know, showing kids the possibilities of making it happen. And at the same time, you know, learning not to only just look out for ourselves, but to, you know, help the person next to you if you can, you know. But I think that's no, I think you're- very important. No, it it is. And and you're spot on with looking at other cultures and seeing, you know, what we can take from just for clarification, we're not saying anybody else's culture is better. No. Or, you know, we're not doing ours is worse, anything like that. But it's kind of like what we were saying earlier about when you're going into an industry, you look at the big dogs, you look at the successful companies and you look at what are they doing successfully to help their business. Well, we're looking at it. What is the other cultures, the other groups in this country that are successful in building communities? What are they doing that we're not doing that we can maybe take and implement to help our money circulate? Because we all, we've all heard the stat, but money, you know, black money in, in our community only circulates for maybe a few hours before it's gone, you know, to the white or Asian or Jewish community. It's, you know, and, they, and there circulates a lot longer before it actually leaves our community. And so we can take steps and, and tips and, and things that they're doing and implement it in our own community. And we have to be able to look past our ego sometimes and say that there are some things that we need to work on and we can learn, you know, from the other community. So I think that's, I'm glad you said that because you don't hear it a lot necessarily. I think people know, we see it, we see it on our blocks. We see every gas station is not, you know, in a black neighborhood is likely not owned by a black person. It's someone else coming in setting up shop and is taking those dollars elsewhere. Exactly. We need to be the ones doing that in other, not only in our community, but in other communities, we should be doing that. Exactly, so. man. And even, even as far as the job force, um, I, I need to see more black companies being started, more black enterprises, mm-hmm. more black conglomerates, because a lot of these times we do go to school and we do five or six, sometimes 10 years in school only to get out. And then we're getting interviewed by somebody who definitely probably doesn't look like us which basically reduces the chances of us even getting a job. But I want it to be to the point where we're either self-proficient enough to either create resources uh, out of our skills or create our own business that can you know, become a, a buildable asset that can make us money where we're not dependent on, um, you know, maybe somebody else from another race or from the, from another culture to give us an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So and I think the only way to do that is to become, you know, very financial literate um, to, you know, basically keep pushing for the next generation to have high profit, high valuable skills. And, you know, not just not just degrees. Degrees is not going to help us build the whole community. What's going to do it is just us binding all these skills together. Degrees are not and these resources and making a bulletproof system out of it. You know what I mean? And exactly right. I mean, literally. um, And we can borrow like some of the structural practice that we have seen other cultures do, because, I mean, I don't know, like I hate to get too historical with it, but a lot of us only know history up into slavery. But when we go back and we actually look, you know, Egyptian days, the days of Kemet, oh, black people were very organized. Uh, You know, we we knew how to handle our resources. We knew how to keep them going. We built structures and we know how to leverage our skills. So, you know, I just think that's the direction that we need to be, you know, heading towards. And, you know, that is uh, we need to basically do our best to run the tech field, tech market, because, like I said, everything is automated. Technology is becoming more and more important. Like we're all having a meeting right now in three different three different places. You know what I'm saying? So we can kind of see the direction that things are headed. But uh, and I see, you know, direction of things ahead is that it's going to be technology. It's going to be medicine. And I mean, finances, you know, crypto is getting real hot. The stock market is just going to get hotter. 
people are starting to learn learn that I don't have to go to a, a, a brick and mortar place from nine to five to earn a living. Sometimes you can earn a living right from your phone. And, you know, I don't know. I just want us to master all these new uh, skills and these arenas that are starting to, you know, swell up and get bigger. You know what I mean? And, you know, anything that I can give back, any knowledge, any skills, resources, you know, to make sure that, to, that we're going to have that big community, you know, in 30 years. I mean, I'm, I'm all with it. Um, I mean, because I know I won't be here forever. So whatever I do today is going to affect my kids tomorrow. You know, so anything I can give mm-hmm. back now and put out into the, you know, into the world that's going to affect my kids and that can help them and give them kind of a blueprint. You know, once I'm gone, I'm all for it. Yes, I, I I love that message there because we need it. And so um, we're going to go ahead and take our last break. And when we come back, we'll get your final message, Warren. Uh, again, just kind of your moments to speak directly to uh, the listeners, kind of leave them with a, a good positive message that hopefully somebody hear it, get inspired and actually work on that project or idea that you've been thinking about, you know, for years, maybe. <laughs> hopefully not that long. But um, yeah, well, so we're going to take our very last break and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Black Agenda Podcast. We appreciate your support and we ask that you like, share, and follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show. All right, listeners, welcome back here. Let's go ahead and do our final message. Remember, we're joined today by Warren Wilson, Jr., engineer, author, and entrepreneur. Um, Warren, we've hit on so many different uh, topics today. Uh, we always like to do a final message as a way to kind of bring things back uh, out, of the, out, of, out of these three segments into something that can really be used to uh, move the people. And kind of the, to set the stage for your final message, Warren, um, right now, looking at current events, you know, black folks have a lot of reasons to feel that no matter what they do, things aren't going to change. You know, we talked about all this positivity in community, but a lot of people can point to different situations where even though we've had community, um, we've still had a lot of things uh, go, you know, not in our favor. Um, we've had community, but yet a lot of us died during the pandemic. We've got community, but a lot of us are still dying from police brutality and even poverty. But government seems to not do anything about it. I remember growing up and I mean, I'm only 28, so it's not like I'm that old. But I grew up in a community even where people still told you as you were coming up that the man was always going to be around to kind of put you down. So, Warren, for your final message um, tell us kind of, you know, what makes you tick? And not only that, but how is that enough to keep your passions for community building going despite all the odds that we're facing today, despite all the denial from government media? What, 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 how is that such, you know, whatever makes you tick, how is that enough to really keep you going to say that despite all of this, I'm still focused on building myself so I can build up the community? Um, I would say one thing, dude, that really helps me tick um, about, about two years ago, like earlier, we were talking about black history and how most of us believe it started with slavery. So I say about two years ago, I kind of just started going down that whole rabbit hole of what happened before then. Who were we? What did we accomplish? Uh, you know, what did we build? And do those things, those things truly make me tick. When I went back and I started reading about or watching YouTube videos about the Egyptians and, um, you know, uh, ancient Kemet and the systems that they had built. And I would, I would read about, I think it was a uh, M hotel. He was like an architect, a doctor, an engineer, all these things at one time. And I saw people do so much more with less resources. Then I, I sit there and I see people like, um, uh, Marcus Garvey who, you know, had the strength to stand up in times like that, you know, hype. A lot of us think we're tough, but could we really have stood up in times like that? You know what I mean? So whenever I'm whenever I kind of I zoom back out and I look at our it's 2021 and I'm not I don't have as many as though of those um, uh, speed bumps and roadblocks that those guys had to go through. And they still put a big impact on the world with less with less time, with more restrictions. So. That kind of makes me tick, man, because it's like anytime I want to give up or anytime I'm looking for motivation, I literally just I just, you know, kind of go back to 
um, you know, mentors that died way before I was, you know, born as far as like Marcus Garvey and, uh, you know, certain Egyptian, um, um, you know, leaders or whatnot, but just the things that they were able to accomplish, like even electricity, electricity was out in, in Egypt. Like they had the light bulb back then, but, you know, we learned in a history book that some guy, you know, made it in the 1800s, but things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Just seeing how, how many quote unquote things that we thought were impossible back then and they were actually getting it done. Like they were actually making a stand for change, standing against racism. Um, black people were still, you know, inventing things of that, things of that nature. And that's just kind of, you know, that makes me tick. That gives me hope. You know, the fact that, you know, I'm giving way more resources and, um, I guess room and freedom to uh, make things happen now. To me, I have no excuse at all if people were able to do more with less, you know, back in the day. So, you know, as far as that and, um, you know, like I said earlier, just uh, wanting to be the, um, I guess, the person that, you know, young black kids could look up to that look like them, you know, uh, you know, just kind of just, you know, that that makes me tick, man. Like even now, dude, like I have uh, probably 300 tattoos. So, you know that might catch the attention of a little black boy who, who, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking about math, oh, he might, oh, Hey, that dude looked like my favorite rapper or something. So I might listen, you know, that might, that may help them to pay more attention, you know, more than they would traditionally. So, you know, but yeah, that, that's mostly what makes me tick, man. When I look at, you know, a lot of my mentors from the past and saw how they really got it done with less. And then on top of that, you know, me having younger brothers and always wanting to be somebody that they can look up to, those, you know, those two things just really make me tick, man. Like those keep me going. Those keep me motivated and those kind of keep give me a reason to keep going and keep trying things and keep trying to get better, you know? Yeah, that's so positive, Warren. I really appreciate you saying that because I feel that um, within our community, maybe uh, people haven't really found out what makes them tick. Uh, maybe what makes them tick is is the wrong motivator. It's not something that really shows you that, while you're bringing yourself up, it is going to help you empower the community. Um, but that's, that's a really important thing. I think that if we are going to ever get to the places that we're talking about, which is a strong community, uh, we have to envision that, you know, we have to envision that our success is, you know, everybody being, you know, a success around us, not just, you know, me going to school so I can make a higher salary so I can get a, you know, a house or whatever, but it's about what can I do that's also going to translate to success within the neighborhoods and the communities that I associate with. So it's awesome, Warren, to see that you're an actual example of that. And we just, you know, me, I appreciate you, you know, showcasing that just to let people know that it's not like you can't, you know, walk and chew gum. Literally, literally. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, just to echo, you know, Adrian, we just, you know, again, I appreciate you you bringing the messages that need to be heard. And it's not so much, you know, like you, like you were saying, what makes you take is you went back and you kind of learned your history and saw that, you know, well, well, you know, you look around today and it's like, is it really that bad? Is it bad enough for us to to be like, no, I can't do that or not at least try at least try. You know, because because you hear it a lot of times. I do feel like there are at least some times where people try to make today's world feel like the 70s or the 60s. And, you know, it's not that bad. There are some barriers. There are some things that are going to be there no matter what time period it is. It could be 100 years from now. They probably still won't like us or want to see us succeed. So you can't necessarily just count on the world just getting better or getting to that utopia that we all think eventually we'll get to it's going to take a long time but we can't wait on that before we decide to better our communities ourselves exactly um so there's really and and, and the thing too when you look at your history it's like wow there really ain't no excuses for us not to be getting ourselves together or doing some of the things we should have been doing because the blueprint is there is there you look back barely a hundred years ago the blueprint is there for what needs to be done we just have to come together as a community, but also as families and, and, and put our money together behind certain things. And, and it could, we can do it. And I appreciate you putting yourself out there, writing your books, your electronics company, because that takes a lot. You know, I'm sure you've gotten some credit, you know, not criticism, but some, 
you know, some feedback from your books that you was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if this is the right thing, but right. you per- you persevered, you pushed through it and and you're here. And so we, I just appreciate you bringing that message and showing people it can be done. Most it's not easy, but it can be done. No, yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, anything you can think of is, is possible, you know, so I'm, um, I'm just, I'm that friend, man. Like, don't ever come to me with any ideas you got. You, you talking about a business or, man, you got a new hobby. You <laughs> I'm going to push you until next time I see you and you're doing it, man. So I think a lot of my friends have kind of caught on to that. Like, man, I can't bring no idea around him, man. He going to make me go do it. Like, he going he gonna to come up with so many ideas. He's going to build a system out of it. I ain't going to have no choice but to go give it a try. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's just who I am, man. Like, uh, um, I kind of consider myself a coach at times, you know, I, I can kind of, I always try to look deep within myself and really like demand the most out of myself when I can, but man, anybody around me, I'm gonna do the same to them, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. It's like, I remember watching, uh, the cartoon, uh, boondocks and they were talking, it was, which I don't, hopefully everybody's not watching that cause it's not kid appropriate, but I remember them talking, uh, it was when they were, uh, uh, stink, uh, stink, mine, uh, stink meaners friends were coming back to kill Robert and they were fishing and he had a bucket of crabs and he was talking about how crabs are always trying to keep each other down and pull the one that's trying to escape. And it just always made me think about us as black people and how, uh, we often try to, when someone is trying to come up and do things, you probably have gotten a lot of criticism about how maybe you're too bougie or too grown or something like that. And you're not, you know, forgetting where you come from, but it's basically like we can't have that mentality when someone in our community is doing well, we should, you know, be highlighting that. And like you're doing, try to figure out what we can do to get other people to that level. So I think it always, it, it definitely can work out to where we don't have to think it's a competition amongst each other. We're just, you know, we're a community, you know, making it happen for everybody. So we really appreciate you, uh, uh, Warren, for coming on to the show. Uh, Devin and I, we're going to take our little break, but we're going to let you go. Listeners, uh, remember, you've been listening to Warren Wilson Jr. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Don't forget to check out his website. Uh, Warren, before we let you go, uh, would you mind plugging your website and also plugging your social media handles? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can uh, check me out at www.warrenwilson.com. And that's W-A-R-N Wilson.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Warren Wilson. And that's W-A-R-N-W-I-L-S-O-N. Perfect, perfect. Just want to make sure we do that. All right, Warren, we're going to let you go. Listeners, stick uh, stick with us. Devin, I'll be right back. Enjoy your last break. You have been listening to the Black Agenda podcast, hosted by Adrian Guest and Devin Dadeau. If you enjoy listening to the show, let the host know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting patron.podbean.com forward slash Black Agenda Pod and giving a few dollars. After all, the Black Agenda Podcast is supported by listeners like you. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. So as always, we like to end the show with giving you a look forward as to what is upcoming on the podcast. So first stop, we'll be back with you on Saturday, uh, July 24th for weekly roundup number six. That's our opportunity to kind of bring you a, a bunch of news from the past week that you may have missed. So if you're not watching the TV or watching TV or streaming it or whatever, tune in on, on Saturday to get all the news, catch back up. Um, so weekly roundup number six on Saturday. Then after that, we'll be back again on Tuesday uh, to be July 27th. And this time we'll have uh, her name is Jennifer Farmer. She is a social justice public relations guru um, who does uh, PR for names like Killer Mike and Reverend William Barber III. And so she's going to be on the show to talk about her work, but also uh, her book, which is called First and Only How Black Women Navigate Work and Life. And so the book is really great, and so we're going to have her on to talk about that. Again, her name is Jennifer uh, Jennifer Farmer. She's going to be on the show, and that comes out on Tuesday, July 27th. So to really tune in for that one, another great guest. Um, and so also, before we go, we also like to let you know you can donate to us. Uh, we do appreciate and love you supporting us by listening and downloading the podcast. But there are some other ways you can help us out, and Adrian's going to let you know how you can do that. 
Absolutely, listeners. Uh, we love you sharing, liking, following everything that we have going on, listening to everything. But we really, really need your monetary support as well. Um, I always like to tell people why we ask for that, because I think why is always important. And all you got to do is just turn on the TV, look on social media, look at our history, uh, look at you know what's going on in the news. And that's plenty of reasons for why you should give to organizations like the Black Agenda. Um, we're not only trying to educate the community, but we're really trying to have a movement behind what we're talking about. We're trying to have an organization behind it that can really lobby leaders, talk to experts and educate the community to do all of those. It's more than just podcasting. It takes money to start all of that. So all you got to do is go to blackagendapod.com, click on that donate tab and start off by giving a dollar, two, three, four, five, um, whatever your heart feels like to make our mission even further. We would love uh, and appreciate that. So again, go to our website, blackagendapod.com and start giving. The other thing we like to do is highlight another charity. Um, we're been, we always talk about community. Uh, this episode's about community. So let's highlight another person within our community. Um, this organization is called Color of Change. They're our charity of the month for July. Color of Change is the nation's largest online racial justice organization. They help people respond effectively to injustice in the world around us. As a national online force driven by 7 million members, they work to move decision makers and corporations and government to create a more human and less hostile world for black people in America. So really, really positive organization there. So remember, give to us, go to their website, Color of Change, and check them out. Maybe give to them, and we'll all do some great things together. So yeah, Devin, plenty of reasons to give. Uh, we made it easy to give. So like I said, go to our website. That's right. Black Agenda Pie got blackagendapod.com messed it up see i was too excited to tell you where you can go and give us some of those uh dollars and everything but yeah so before we go for free you can like share and follow us on social media um you can find us at black agenda pod um that's facebook twitter instagram at black agenda pod you can also find us on youtube i uh, just search uh the black agenda podcast subscribe to it we have some great, great content that's in our catalog. We have 10 interviews with HBCUs and also a really great conversation about critical race theory. If you're wondering what that is, you can go back and listen to all of that on our YouTube channel. So, again, we want to give a thanks to uh, Mr. Warren Wilson Jr. for joining us. He's got some great things. You can find him at warrenwilson.com. Um, you can also pick up his book called Brown Money. If you want, if you have kids, you want them to, to learn a little bit about STEM and some financial literacy. Brown Money is great. Check it out. Um, and we also want to just thank you, our listeners, for, for tuning in every week and supporting us. Um, you know, the reason we do it is we're trying to educate the community. And so we appreciate you staying with us. Um, and so get, again, for me and Adrian, we thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.